and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio, as nearly always, um, is Graham Jones, Anthony Steers and I'm Simon Hazen. I say nearly always, occasionally one of us can't make it for some for some reason and we have to fill in, that's... Uh, but today you've got the full quota. That's the three musketeers. And today's episode is entitled When Does Human to Human Interaction Work Best in Sales? Now, as you might know from recent episodes on the Sales Chat Show, we're very excited about things like sales automation, sales technology, artificial intelligence, so on and so forth, and how that's going to be really, really, really useful. But I think it's important as well to think about that human to human side when a human being is talking to a human being. One's a salesperson and one's a customer. And we were having a our usual pre-chat over coffee before we uh, record any episodes. And Anthony, you were saying that you, you you seem to find a little bit of a trend recently amongst your clients is that amongst all of the conversations and excitement about things like AI, they're actually very excited about maximizing the human to human. Oh. Yeah, it's um, it's it's this human to human thing has weaved itself into a lot of the titles of the sessions and keynotes that I'm doing in the back half of this year. And I'm not sure if it's because there's been a lot of talk about AI um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because we do want to automate as much of the sales process as we can. Um, and we've talked on a previous episode about being productive for salespeople and, uh, and perhaps automating or delegating some of those other tasks. Um, what I tend to find is the clients that I work with are setting up this automation. They're still figuring out email sequences, automation on phones to direct people to self-serve information. Um, but usually when there's that, um, what I refer to as the pipeline constipation, when that automation has got to a blockage point or to a point where people are not then acting or doing mm -hmm. something else, it usually needs a little bit of human interaction there. Um, <clears throat> and as the world's moved on and, and the internet's got bigger and bigger, we know that people have done, what is it, 80% of their buying decisions before they've even picked up the phone. It now means that human the human to human element personally and i've been saying this for years is is more about helping customers to buy it's not about trying to sell to them and convince them to buy it's about helping them ask the right questions that they don't know they need to ask in order to make the right decision and i just think that too many people hide behind automation and self-serve and actually sometimes a quick conversation can clarify misunderstanding or alleviate concerns that the text the wall of text is just not going to give a buyer mm. um, and that's why I think that obviously we know video content's uh, really popular maybe that's the stepping stone towards the human to human is you can automate some of these videos and, and perhaps you should have a video um, FAQ thing on your website rather than just a wall of text. 
Um, but yeah, like I say, a lot of my clients are, are quite excited about this human to human element and uh, tying in a bit of the the automated research beforehand can make that human to human interaction even better and richer. Because um, for me, it's it's as, as you would sort of expect from the sales chat show. We start by thinking about, right, what does the customer want? Now, there are sometimes there are some ways of buying and we t- we've talked about this a number of times on episodes you know in the past customers want to be able to self-serve they want to be able to transact online they want to use e-commerce and increasingly it's become obviously as we know increasingly so <clears throat> but then for other things they actually do want to talk to a human i think it's worth kind of thinking through your customer's buying process and what are they what are they most what are they most need and most and mm. most want and graham will remember many years ago on the sales chat show i'd i'd been to the sales performance association here in the uk and saw i uh, had, had the privilege of having seeing a great session by neil rackham the uh, author of the classic book spin selling uh, and neil is a real expert on all things sales and gen- genuinely always worth listening to and he talked about and this was a number of years ago that like the buying continuum would would go to two ends of the spectrum there'll be transactional purchasing which probably didn't involve a lot of salespeople, and then there would be full-on more consultative customized kind of sales and the mid ground of a little bit of added value would would kind of disappear and also um some research from a professor at loughborough university whose whose name escapes me for the moment was there'll be less salespeople in the world overall his view but for complex b2b sales you'll still see you'll still see a lot of human to human interaction so what do you what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on that as a concept chaps i'm a bit concerned first of all that you started your section there by saying many years ago graham will remember um <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you for your... Yeah, sorry, it was many years ago. Graham probably won't remember. Yeah, because as, yeah. as, as we're all advancing into years, we can't, we can't remember what we did yesterday, can we? So, no. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I think it's not, just about, it's not just whether it's transactional or whether it's a complicated sale that somebody wants that human contact with. I think it's about timing. So um, there will be a point where actually transactional stuff might need human contact so it's about what understanding your customer what do they want so as an example i'm in the process of buying a new car um, and there are plenty of car websites to look at and you can you know get the price and work out any finance deals and so on Um, and i found a car on one website and thought that's interesting and uh, you know just popped in um for the information and literally within 10 minutes i got a phone call saying you've been pre-approved for finance on this car um, and we'd like to sell it to you you know basically as soon as possible <laughs> i didn't want any human contact at that point yeah um so i ignored the phone call and deleted the voicemail um and then literally you know 24 hours later i get um a text message followed by another phone call from the same woman Um, whose phone is now blocked um, so she can't phone me on that number anymore Um, but you know if you are going around the internet looking at car websites to try and get some guide on pricing there's a big clue you do not want human contact at that point because otherwise you would not have gone to the internet you would have gone into a car showroom so the car 
salespeople have completely misunderstood their customer online, their customer online at that point in the initial inquiry about what kind of car they might want is not seeking human contact. But when I make the purchasing decision or about to make the purchasing decision, I may well want human contact Mm. at that point. So it's about at which point do people want human contact in whatever sales uh, they are buying. Um, and sometimes, you know, I have bought cars online where I've had no human contact. Mm-hmm. Because it was... So if we go back on that example, had they not been trying to leave you messages that made it feel like they were trying to sell to you and they'd have wrapped it in customer service, would you have had a different perceived value to this human to human element? So I just devil's advocate if i was that lady to phone you up and say hey graham i know you visited us yesterday uh you may not be in a position where you're looking to make any decisions at the moment but i do understand that the credit check has come back and finance has been improved so if you've got any further questions or would like to come and drive the vehicle please do let me know and i'd be more than happy to set up a time no i don't want her to do that because i want her to do that that's too early in the transaction okay okay it's too early that the human contact comes much later Okay. Uh, so it was. It should be clear to them that having looked at several cars, I was not in a position to make a decision. But it wasn't as though I was going back to the same car over and over again. Mm-hmm. So their data should have told them that I'd been looking at several cars on their website and not one. Okay. Therefore, I didn't have a specific interest. Therefore, it should be deemed to be too early to yeah. come in with that message. Mm-hmm. If I'd repeated my look at that particular vehicle and had gone into it more depth and gone into the detailed pages of the car, then that should be a signal that this person probably does want, not a sales call, but a, can I help you with more information call? I was going to say, yeah. So, so let me build on Anthony's question. If, if they had approached you and said, um, yeah, we've, 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 we've noticed you've been researching or looking at cars um if you've got any questions or ever can be of any help please do please do let me know rather than say you've been pre-approved for finance that's very salesy isn't it right yeah. you've been pre-approved for finance so like yeah. you can buy <clears throat> so would that would that have worked better that's like a like a little chat bot sometimes isn't it please let us know if we can help you or like yeah, um, well... like in retail in face-to-face you know if you I, I always dislike being pounced upon by a salesperson. Can I help you? What can I help you with? Or what? I'm, what personally I prefer is hi, hi. Um, you know, my name's Brian, or my name's Louisa, or whatever it is. Uh, let me know. Let me know if there's anything I can. And then they back off, and then yes. they kind of back off you. And that feels to me that feels more. I'm here to help you, not necessarily to your point, Anthony. I'm not here to sell you. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to help you. Still sounds, no, Great. still sounds to me like you know I'm I'm an MP. I'm here to help. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't wash with me. I'm afraid. Um, no, great. But, is, <laughs> but that's the happy medium in retail because usually they like you say they go one extreme or the other. They either look yeah. at you and go, God, I'm going to go and hide out the back in case they need help because they're lazy and don't want to be there, <laughs> or they stalk you around and almost chase you out by making you feel uncomfortable because yeah. all of a sudden you have this thing that you think they have an expectation that you're going to buy and therefore. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that's because they've probably been poorly trained as salespeople to recognise buying behaviour in yeah. in the store to un, to be able to analyse body language that is telling them this person would appreciate me yeah. talking to them or this. So they should be working that all out before they make that human contact. Mm. So they make the human contact with Simon saying, you know, can I help you? Um, and he's you know picking up a 
a jacket and they go suits you sir suits you sir and all of that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah um and that whereas he doesn't want them at that point yeah so they've chosen yeah. the wrong point they've chosen okay. the wrong point for human contact because okay. they haven't analyzed they haven't observed enough they haven't looked into how that person is behaving there are plenty of bits of body language in a store that will tell them that that person really does want help or in, this person doesn't want help in the world of online obviously you've not got that visual you've not got that visual clue which is which what we were talking about before probably i distracted the conversation by talking about face-to-face -face retail but would decent i mean you're the expert on this graham would there be decent website analytics that will be able to indicate likely buying propensity from 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 somebody yeah so if you've got um anything like heat map analysis or you've got um you know google analytics that you're watching live yeah it can tell you um buyer behavior online that is showing you that you know they've repeatedly clicked on this or they've repeat yeah. they've come back to this time and time again that is a big signal that that person is really interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. So then a little message on the screen saying, you know, there's a person you can talk to if you want to, who's available right now, um, might be useful, but not yeah. putting up as many too. And this is a real annoyance to people. The chat bot in the corner saying, okay. you know, with a little picture of somebody who probably isn't the person at the end of the phone anyway, uh, saying, you know, I'm here to talk. Um, and then you get repeated dings in the corner from this message, which is annoying people because it's not analyzing yeah. when is the appropriate moment to interrupt someone. So it's about, so, you know, in face to face in the real world, we can analyze body language, look at behavior, look at buying patterns and all the kind of research that tells us this person is in a really, um, you know, positive mood and wants to, wants to buy something. We get similar signals from the data online. Yeah. Um, rather than just so interrupting people. So you don't like being interrupted in a shop when somebody says, can I help you? And you don't want any help. Uh, or you've got Anthony's person who doesn't actually want to help anyone and runs away and hides in the store <laughs> cupboard yeah. um, as a salesperson. Um, and so you're, you're left with the stalker kind of salesperson in the store. <laughs> or you've got the electronic stalker or you've got the real-world human stalker who's yeah. stalking me as a result of not analysing the web traffic properly. Okay. And so it, it isn't about whether or not human contact. It's when is the appropriate when, time. Yeah, yeah. So when is the client ready and motivated to talk to somebody as they start to move through their buying process? Yeah. Right. So, so the example you gave there, Simon, was that at, at a certain depth of looking into a product, that could trigger a chat bot that would yeah. offer a human if if required. But I suppose what we're really getting to here then is that if you're relying on your website for generating sales, you need very clear call to action to guide guide them through their journey, yeah. but also signpost where they can request and where it is wanted, the human-to-human -human or the additional information, mm. rather than just being bombarded with it yeah. because you visited yeah. our website. That's really important, actually. So I talk to businesses about the pathway they're taking people through on their website. So somebody comes along, they've searched for something, mm. they end up on a page on the website. Yep. But 
now you know a little bit about that person because they've searched for that thing, what pathway do you want to take people through? So mm -hmm. having presented them with something, what do you expect them to do next? What is the next bit of behavior? What mm -hmm. is the bit of behavior after that bit? And what mm -hmm. is the ultimate end of that? Now, the end of that might be, for example, it generates a phone call or it generates a video call or it generates um, some kind of form filling or whatever. Yes, a, lot a of request for further information. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. but a lot of businesses don't think of these pathways. They just go, oh, well, you know, we give people a website and they can find out for themselves. And then they constantly interrupt them with some stupid, annoying chatbot, or they then take your phone number and then annoy you by phoning you when you didn't want the phone call. Mm. And it, <clears throat> so all they're doing is I call it um, verbal vomit um, because all they're doing is just going, yeah, here's everything um, that you might need to know. And because you can't sort it out, we're going to annoy you by interrupting you. It's it's verbal vomit. I've got a better phrase which I like to use. Is, uh, um, is it premature elaboration? Oh, I love that. I <laughs> yes, love that. It's, yeah. it's that. It's that overexcited or slightly desperate salesperson yeah. who can't keep hold of their pitch and just want to blurt it over anybody who's around. Yeah. But also, I think it, it, in terms of what you're selling, this is an important consideration as well, right? How complex is it for the customer to buy? Mm -hmm. how high a ticket is it how risky is it how much advice and guidance do they need you know you've got to think about your product portfolio and your industry and if you're in high-end complex b2b solutions are going to be 50 50 million dollars or something or 10 million dollars something that you need to think through when you're going to start to interact with the customer right you know what what information do they need to find out which they're going to research themselves for you to get on the short list for being invited in for a further conversation mm. you know and then when do you when do you deploy when do you then deploy your key account team or your 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 more your senior solution people it's not about price it's about value yeah. So what is the value of that item to someone? So it may it may not necessarily be a high ticket item. So uh, another uh, example yeah. is that, um, for example, if I want to buy stuff for my garden, I go to one of the gardening companies and order from either their catalogue or from their website, and I get plants or whatever for the garden. My mum, who is eighty nine, even though she uses me as her internet shopper. <laughs> So she'll often say to me, have you got that shop in your pocket? Uh, by which she means Amazon on my phone. And I, she wants something and, you know, I order it for her. Um, and so um, she's quite happy to do those transaction things. But to her, plants have a value. Yeah. And so because she loves looking at them, you know, she can't do very much. She's infirm. She's 89. All she can do is sit and look at her garden. Mm -hmm. And so the plants have a real value. So she wants yeah. to talk to someone about a £25 plant, whereas I wouldn't want to talk to someone about a £25 plant. Yeah. So it's not the ticket price, it's the value to the customer. That's the important bit about what determines whether or not human interaction is more important. Yeah, and I guess then you'd have to decide as a business how efficient and effective is it? And, and uh, of course, but that's a, that's a, that's also, an addition. also depends upon something else. It depends upon understanding your customers. I think we ought to do an episode on that. <laughs> oh yeah. That not, not that, not that old chestnut. So. so the value thing I do get, but that example is kind of, 
I think your mum wants to talk about the plants because she's interested in those plants. And this is some social interaction that she may not have had otherwise. Um, So I don't know if there's a value thing, which, like you say, to her, her time is valuable. uh, The the thing is valuable enough to enrich her life that she's then wants to talk to somebody about it. Yeah, I can tell you that there is a value to the company because I will order, you know, one hydrangea for 25 pounds and when i get to her she's got three hydrangeas uh for 60 pounds you know so she's been offered a discount so the person on the phone upsells okay Um, yeah yeah actually there is a there is a a good value to them in talking to people yeah um we might enter into the ethics then of exploiting the elderly (laughs) (laughs) through the upselling process but that's another another matter you know she has the money to afford these things otherwise she wouldn't buy them but it's kind um, of like it sounds like it's kind of a combination of value the importance to the customer the risk to the customer of getting it wrong the complexity of the complexity of buying you know we in our household we shop on amazon a lot a ton a ton a ton of stuff um you know if it's relatively obvious what we need to purchase low risk low importance low value local but just bang jump on amazon or or equivalent and and order it but if you're buying something i don't know like we we our financial advisor right you know making a decision about where we put money to invest or things like that, you're going to want to talk to someone, want to talk to an yeah. expert, right? That's a that's a different level of risk, importance, value, complexity, or 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 whatever. That's human to human interaction. Yeah, I do. I think what's kind of like you say the complexity of it. I think is probably the the biggest reason to need an expert yeah. to come yeah. in. And a bit like we touched on in a different uh, episode, we talked about how we do lots of research, and it's basically information until we talk to the client and work out what's fact. This is just uh, the other way round that the client's done all the information. Like Graham says, he likes to go and do his research first. He doesn't want to talk to anybody yet. He wants to gather his own information. But the more complex it is, the more information he's going to get sent. And then you start to get either overwhelmed yep. um, or you just get so buried in all the detail that actually you then need somebody else to help you sort through that detail to find out yep. what's relevant yep. to me. Well, there was the, in the, uh, we've mentioned it in previous episodes, the Gartner research about the six buying jobs that B2B buyers uh, yeah. identified they needed to do. One of those is validation. We think we know what we need. Yeah but we need to check. And that I think is often where a modern salesperson, B2B particularly, obviously, because the, the, that's where the research is from, is probably going to be most welcomed, most valued and most needed by from the client's perspective. Obviously, we know the earlier you enter the client's buying process, the better your chance of winning. But that's probably where, because they, they've done some research, they've identified some potential suppliers, and now they're saying, well, I think we know what we need as a solution. But now I'm going to need to talk to somebody because I can't find, I can't find the information I now need yeah. to move through my buying process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's thinking about, like you say, Graham. I think those those kind of pathways. I think you describe yeah. them as. I think that's not just an online thing, is it? Because no. there's a hybrid yeah. online offline involvement you know understanding uh, I've got a client to talk about the customer journey. They use the yeah. phrase the customer's journey to to making a purchase and if if we think about it from the customer's point of view they'll tell us when they want i guess they'll tell us when they want the human to human interaction 
it's funny because sometimes people uh, i've been doing a session with a client at the moment about um good questions yeah uh, um, and we got into just some just generic really good questions and i always say that one of the best things to ask is is what's your desired time frame basically i just need to understand mm. yeah. how how quickly you want all of this to happen because then i know when to step in or when to tell you you, yeah. you you're under pressure yeah. to make a decision and 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 that way you, you you position yourself more to help them to buy yeah. rather than convince yeah. them to buy something. And I think that people are more keen to have an account manager rather than a whizzy salesperson who yeah. makes it sound amazing. I was um, I was talking to a very, very switched on uh, salesperson from a, a client in the IT industry. And they because of the nature of what they do as a distributor, they have quite a lot of transactional high frequency purchasing taking taking place. And we were just having a conversation about when do you engage over the telephone with customers or when do you and and she sort of said, well, I've, I've, I've sort of developed a little bit of a principle that if if the emails are starting to go backwards and forwards, she said, I either just phone them and say i thought it would probably be quicker for us to, to to have a quick chat or she said i send them an email say shall we have a quick chat because i think we can do this and she's got an amazing success rate like most of the time the clients go oh, yes please yeah and then she jumps on yeah. the phone and also actually she also uses it as graham was saying it's not plants but they use it then as an opportunity to ask more questions about what the client is needing to to tell and she said and she's very very one of their most successful salespeople. but it's just i think what she's developed is that sort of ability to track track the behavior by the email and choose the optimum yeah. moment to have human to human mm. i mean it's still human to like, human like graham said earlier on she, she's nailed the timing bit yeah, when to offer it and yeah. that's that was that was kind of my thinking and of course email backwards or forwards is human to human Mm -hmm. but it's 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 not like voice to voice yeah. is it, right that's the or jumps on microsoft teams and he's and finds it very very I, but there's a benefit to the customer i think it will be quicker and she said to use very soft language it's probably going to be quicker for us to have a quick chat about this yeah. and the customers normally go oh yes please right <laughs> oh yeah you're you're right right we, yeah. we i was gonna say sounds back. like a phrase you can't really argue with yeah you're no, right. no. It's, <laughs> and it's very it's, it's very and i i um you know i don't i don't i don't think it's come out of any training she's had in the past i think mm -hmm. she's just worked this out for herself because she's a yeah. she's a switched on cookie and she's obviously got a reasonably well developed or very well developed EQ, right? She can she knows when the customer's ready to yeah. ready to talk. I, w I was reading a book recently called um, Sales Genius. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. But, is that um, is that the very good book by yeah. that? What's he called, Anthony? I'm sure we know him. Jones, <laughs> anyway, something, I was something, reading something Jones. It's all very scientifically book, based. Sales yeah. Genius, um, <laughs> available in all good bookshops and some and rubbish some bookshops ones, yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I've got there before you, Simon. Um, <laughs> but um, in there, there is um, some research that, that shows that the reason why most business-to-business -business transactions don't happen or purchases don't happen is because the customer didn't think the company wanted them as a customer. And one of the principal reasons is that at the point they were needing to find out more information or buy, the company didn't make any attempt to contact them. And so the, the there is a point where you lose the sale because the customer is really wanting you to say, we want you as a customer. 
Yeah. Um, and all the time you don't make that phone call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your example of your IT salesperson is that she is clearly making the phone call at exactly the right point when the customer is looking for reassurance that she wants her wants them as a customer. Oh, that's that's why they're open to being upsold to. That's an interesting, interesting because I, I remember when I years ago when I had a proper job flying in and out of Brussels Airport probably at least once or twice a week. And there was a big advertising campaign as you went as you went through to passport control. And it was one of the big four McKinsey no sorry a pwc or, or somebody 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 like that and um i forget which organization it was but it was kind of like it would say pwc only works with big international companies and it's something like the strat line was wrong yeah you know because they're obviously people are going well they wouldn't be interested in us yeah. oh yeah we would we absolutely would be interested in in the right sme clients so so it's like there's either you know ernst and young or pwc or deloitte or somebody like that because obviously people think they're big and they only want to deal with big yeah. obviously they've obviously done some research and worked it out but yeah we're, we're interested in you you know doing, mm -hmm. doing business with you um i was doing some coaching stuff with a guy who helps businesses who want to get investment so it's a really small business consultative type of thing and he was having these strategy sessions which is basically a scheduled pitch um, and he was saying that everybody was loving everything he was saying, but he just wasn't really converting any sales. Um, and I said to him, what, what's the point of a strategy session? He went, well, it's to make sure that they know that, that, that they want to choose me. And I went, OK, and what else? And he goes, well, I want to gather information. And I was like, OK, brilliant. And I said, do you ever make it feel like you want to work with them? And he kind of pointed, what do you mean? And I said, well, I know that you're trying to qualify to be the right person for them. Are you making them feel like they have to qualify to be the right person to work with you? Because there's only one of you. And he started to shift. He's only done it in the last, I think, three weeks. Mm. But he started to do this whole thing of, well, I want to answer all of your questions, but I'm going to have some questions too, just to see if we're a good fit. And then just before he gets to the end, if he wants to work with them, he now says to them, well, you you tick all of the boxes to know that I know I could work with you and that I'm, I'm confident I could help. Um, how are you feeling at this stage? And he said, simply by asking that question after telling them he wants to work with them, he said, he said, majority of people are now going, yeah, no, no, I think we've got a really good connection and I think we understand each other. Um, so I'll hopefully give you some more stats on that. But it was one of the things that yeah. when you talk to prospects, yeah. although you're trying to qualify and tick all of their boxes, if you can make them feel like they have to tick your boxes too, I think it just shows that there's a good match. Yeah, I do. I do very fondly remember having gone through a very formal procurement process to do some sales management, sales leadership work, and also some sales training for a very large med tech company. We got, you know, going to three three supplier pitch, you know, the beauty parade through to the final, all that sort of stuff. And then the person phoning up and saying, you know. Um, Thanks very much for coming and all this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, pleased to tell you that if you would like to work with us, we would be really pleased to work with you. So it's a bit like, and I'm thinking, you really don't have to ask that question. We've just spent six weeks trying to do it. It was lovely where they went, if you're still, it was something like, if you're still interested in working with us, we'd like to work with you. And I was thinking, what a strange, very lovely, what a lovely thing to say. But uh, just, I was fascinated that they obviously were still, they gone through this process and they were kind of thinking, well, we better make sure 
the supplier we've chosen wants to work with. Are you suggesting there's companies out there that have stuff in their pipeline that have perhaps already bought and moved on? It's terrifying, terrifying, oh. terrifying, terrifying <laughs> thought. And I was, it was just thinking, like, would it be okay if you'd like to come and work with us? Yeah, it would be very okay. <laughs> We've just been spending six six weeks trying to convince you to do that. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Mr. Steers, you're the human-to-human interaction person who started this whole thing off. What's your yeah. thoughts? Um, I my, my kind of light bulb moment was the reflecting the difference between how a, a, a salesperson uses research and then tries to turn it into fact and uh, by talking to a client and the opposite journey of the client actually giving them all the information that they want and trying to be patient as Graham doesn't want to talk to me. He just wants some information (laughs) uh, and patiently waiting to the point where he's hopefully got all the information he needs or perhaps too much information and then would require some input. So for me, I think stressing the importance of the timing to offer good service uh, and delicately doing it because there are people like me who want humans to get in early to help me where people like Graham who doesn't want that until he thinks he's ready to make his decision and it's just trying to get that timing right and yeah. Graham I love that example with the email I think perhaps that's a rule that once mm. you get up to three four five exchanges of email just to suggest that perhaps it would be quicker and easier yeah, uh, it is hard to uh, disagree with yeah, Mr. Jones, your thought. By the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, as we're just coming to Graham, please don't uh, forget Graham does offer his personalised internet shopper service. Should you <laughs> should you wish to take to take advantage of that? That is a that is a new business line. I didn't know you had, Mr. No. Jones, but that's very good. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but actually, talking of that, when you said earlier that you are a um, you know avid uh, Amazon shopper. Um, I live near a canal um, over which there is a single track lift bridge just by my house. And as I come out of the road where I live to turn left onto the single bridge, uh, the traffic coming towards me has priority. So frequently I have to wait for that traffic. And the other day uh, I had to wait for seven consecutive Amazon Prime vans to come over the single track bridge. (laughs) Not all of them were coming to my house, but it just shows um, how much Amazon shopping there is, almost all of which is transactional without any human contact. But behind the scenes, Amazon has a huge array of people they call brand specialists. They're the people who bring the products to the website that we buy and they spend almost all of their time in human to human contact with the manufacturers and suppliers of all the goods that are being sold on Amazon. So without that human interaction, actually Amazon would not be able to deliver to your house on the hour, every hour of every day, Simon. Yeah, I know. And God, God bless them and Amazon. Yep. And I guess closing thoughts from me, I'm reminded of uh, what Brian Tracy, the American author and, and speaker said. <clears throat> and if I if I remember it, it was if you can see Joe Jones world through Joe Jones eyes, you can sell to Joe Jones the way that Joe Jones buys, <laughs> which I thought is a nice little way of thinking. You know how your customer's going to buy, you know, they're pathways, as Graham was describing it, or the journey, you know, when they're most going to want human to human interaction it'd be very welcome and then away you go and uh, and uh, more sales no doubt will 
will result. Unless, of course, you're selling to Graham Jones, who appears to uh, want zero human interaction. No, kidding, kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> so, folks, it's been Anthony Steers, Graham Internet uh, Personal Shopper Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. <laughs> and there are over 250 episodes in our back catalogue of episodes from the Sales Chat Show. They're all available from all the major podcast platforms. So wherever you prefer to get your podcast, you'll find us. Please remember to subscribe so you'll be notified of new episodes as they are released, which they are on a regular basis. And in the meantime, from everybody at the Sales Chat Show, we would like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 